Good morning. We welcome you to worship today and invite you to follow along with our service. It's all printed in the bulletin. Love having all ages in here, but if you do need a quiet room, there's one back there or nursery care. It's down the hall. But as I said, we love all voices and ages in with us today. So I invite you to stand as we begin by being honest about who we are before God, our sin, our frailties, our need for God's forgiveness as we worship in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together in Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. Hear my humble be with you. O oh God, our eternal Redeemer, by the presence of your Spirit, you renew and direct our hearts. Keep always in our mind the end of all things and the day of judgment. Inspire us for a holy life here and bring us to joy of the resurrection through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I invite you to be seated and children to come forward. On up, young ones. Come on up. Good to see you this morning. Hey, Lulu. Come on up. All right. Good to see you guys. Can I ask you, I just want to ask you a question. I think you know the answer, but um, you are the child of who? Very true. Very true that you know that. Who else are you the child of? Yes, but even... But, even, how did you come into this world? 
Who's your parents? Mom and Dad. Yes, and what are their names? Randy and Jacob. How about your parents' names? Yeah, yeah, very good. Right? Yep. 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 Parents? Yeah. Mom and dad, right? Yeah. So you are children of mom and dad. You're their children. So if somebody, back in Jesus' day, they didn't have last names like Bill Crabtree. They had. Yeah, isn't that weird? You, you didn't even know my last name, did you? <laughs> Just Pastor Bill. <clears throat> Crabtree, that's a weird last name, isn't it, huh? Some, they used to tease me and say crab apple tree when I was a kid. <laughs> no, it's, you're sorry for me, thank you. That's okay, I got through it. I got, I got through it. Um, so, but here's the deal. Back in Jesus' day, they would say, like, Jesus, son of Joseph, and maybe say where you're from, like what your town is. So me, I would be Bill, son of Mary and Jack. Um, like you would be, you know, Jack, son of um, Jacob and Brandy, you know, um, that type of thing. So that's why they would know, well, guess what? Jesus is going to call you and I not sons of certain parents. He's going to call us not only sons of God, but sons and daughters of the resurrection, children of an event, something that happened when Jesus was raised from the dead. We are children of that. That's our identity. That's what we're talking about today. And so that you guys are children of an event where Jesus fixes everything. And that's where you belong. Okay? That's, let's pray. Thank you, God, for these young people. Bless them. May they know how important they are to you and how much you love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. According to St. Luke, the 20th chapter. Some Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus and asked him a question. Teacher, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies, 
leaving a wife but no children, the man shall marry the widow and raise up children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first married and died childless, then the second, and the third married her. And so in the same way, all seven died childless. Finally, the woman also died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife will the woman be? For the seven had married her. Jesus said to them, those who belong to this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of a place in that age and in the resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage. Indeed, they cannot die anymore because they are like angels and are children of God, being children of the resurrection. And the fact that the dead are raised, Moses himself showed in the story about the bush, where he speaks of the Lord as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now he is God, not of the dead, but of the living, for to him all of them are alive. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious God, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, be fruitful for our faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we draw near the end of the liturgical year, we start to hear Jesus' words about the end. And so we hear words today about the resurrection. Jesus is in the temple. It's Holy Week. He's already been challenged by the religious authorities a couple times. You remember one of those. Can we give money to Caesar? You know, trying to trip Jesus up. And Jesus says, well, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. And to God what is God's. Right. So he won that battle. And in Jesus' day, honor was either something you inherited, so you had a certain status that you were always there no matter what, but then within that status, you could acquire honor. And so what's going on here is the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the religious authorities are trying to knock down Jesus' honor. And so Jesus runs into the Sadducees, a sect of Judaism that was in charge of the temple, and very much in a place of power and authority. But they weren't too interested in the afterlife and in the resurrection, even though a lot of Judaism was. And you heard from Job this amazing vision of Job standing in his flesh after he dies and seeing God. And so they try and trip Jesus up with a really great question about the resurrection. It's kind of a foolish question about a woman married seven times. Whose husband is she going to be? Of course, in Levitical law, if you know your husband died, your brother was supposed to step in and take your place because a woman would have to be married. If not, if she didn't have any sons, otherwise she'd be completely out of luck in that patriarchal society. And so they think they've got Jesus. And of course, Jesus kind of makes fun of them and of course, he says that in the resurrection, 
you know, we don't get married like we do in this age. That's a reality and a blessing of this age. But in the age to come, we're not just like angels, like your translation said. We're equal to angels. It's a whole other reality that we can scarce even get our heads around. But I'm struck by Jesus saying that we are children of this age and that marriage is a blessing, one of many blessings that we need and we have for life in this age. This age is characterized by relationships and responsibilities. We are sons and daughters of this age, and so there's all kinds of relationships that we are blessed with, that we have to work with, that we get to work with, and also lots of responsibilities and good work and good things to do, trying to be a blessing in the world because God's blessed us. That's this age. When I worked with the youth on Wednesday after the middle, um, we did, they did their typical highs and lows, and so I asked them, you know, what are your highs and your lows? And every one of them, no joke, every one of them, their low was the fact they had to take a test that week. Those are responsibilities. Those are things that we have to do in this age. And actually, if we were all true, as we look in the mirror, every day there are tests. Every day there are many courtrooms. And so we've got caregiving to do. We've got families to love and to cherish that are both blessings and challenges sometimes. We've got livelihood to attend to. We need to put a roof over our heads, right? And we look to find meaning in this age. Joys, sorrows, in our beautiful relationships. I say this world is beautiful and broken all at the same time. And this is the world we live in in this age. We have to attend to these Realities, And when I, if I had to pick one word to sum up these realities, when I listen to my peers today, it just seems like the word would be overwhelmed. Why? Wait, how's my fantasy? Never mind, sorry. <laughs> These gadgets, which have been such a blessing in our lives, have been... <laughs> I've lost you already, right? <laughs> have um, made our lives way more complex. Parents, if you have teenagers or young adults... Junior high kids, you need to subscribe to Screenagers, it's called. Um, Sandy's reading a book right now that she's going to share with me about how to live in this digital modern age, and everything so far I'm hearing is you got to unplug, you got to unplug. Because the, all of this information is overwhelming us. You throw on all the realities of this age, and you throw on that um, man, this is a challenge. So 
I could preach a sermon on a bunch of how-tos, but I encourage you to think about that. My point at this spot is that it seems like all of these realities are pretty ultimate. What more is there to life than attending to our relationships and all of our responsibilities? Do these have the final say in our lives, our livelihood, our groups that we belong to, our identities, our struggle, our joys and sorrows? Is that the ultimate reality in our life? We are children of this age, Jesus says. So we're there, that's a blessing and a hardship and a challenge and a joy, all of this. And we're children of this age, and is that all there is? Is that all there is? But then Jesus turns, and when he starts talking about the resurrection, he says that in the resurrection, we are children of God. Not children of this age where all of our duties and responsibilities are our ultimate reality. But no, we are children of God. And then he says something which is absolutely amazing. We are children, sons and daughters of the resurrection. What in the world does that mean? Well, when we are a child of someone, that says a lot of who we are, does it not? It says where we're from. It says to whom we belong. It names our identity. We aren't sons of anarchy. Those of you who watch certain shows on TV. We're sons of the resurrection. We're daughters of the resurrection. We belong to not just God, but to an event. We belong to the event where Jesus is raised from the dead and when the resurrection of the dead will happen in the future, we belong to a future. That's who we belong to. That's, so what Jesus is seeming to say, to say that we are children of the resurrection is that there's another reality in your life and in mine. There's another reality. So all those realities of being children of this age are not ultimate realities. They're penultimate realities. They're blessings and they're challenges and they're good work and they're it's beautiful, and it's broken, and, and so we, we work, and we struggle, and we go at it, but it's not the ultimate reality in our life. There's another reality that overshadows all of our penultimate realities. We, we struggled this week to look at um, what does resurrection have to do with everyday life? I mean... You know, we can think about, oh, well, I don't have to, I mean, when I die, I'm, I'm not, that's not going to be the end. And that's true, but, but does it have something more to say to our lives than just simply, well, when we die, we'll be in heaven with God? That's certainly a big part of it. But, but what does resurrection have to do with every day? And what I'd like to offer to you, if you are a child of the resurrection, if you are worthy for that event, which we believe Jesus took care of on the cross and he gave us that gift in the faith of our baptism, we are made worthy by the gift of God in Christ as we embrace that in faith. And so now we do have a reality that overshadows all of our lives. It's like a big canopy from the future that's pulled over every bit of our penultimate realities. It's interesting today. I see people being defined by their groups, 
And this isn't just about high school. (laughs) A lot of us define ourselves by our political party. A lot of us define ourselves by some letter. Some people, a culture would like to define us by our color or our job, or our school, or our grade, or whether we got the promotion, or whether we're successful, what kind of house we have, what kind of clothes we wear. These are all penultimate realities, part of the blessings and brokenness of our world. But I'm here to stand in the midst of all your penultimate realities and tell you that you are a child of the resurrection. That's what defines you. And that defines you as God's beloved, God's child. And nothing can take that away from you. You've got a canopy that's pulled over the top of your life that you walk every day with. What difference does it make? Recently, I had a close friend pass away. I actually, he he claimed me as his friend. He always called me Brother Bill. And I got to preach at his funeral or at his memorial service. And I shared this story. I want to share it with you because it was a really impactful thing that Gail told me. Gail had been battling cancer for 17-some years, had come and gone, and then come back in a more even vigorous, horrible kind of cancer. And it spread throughout his body. And so Gail, um, in the last part of his life, was in horrible, horrible pain some days. I can't even imagine. I, I've, I, met, I mentioned at the funeral that he's probably the toughest guy I've ever known. But one day he called me up, and I'm out in front of my house. And so I sat down on my steps, and I was listening to him. And he, he was telling me about a documentary of the Navy SEALs. And that he had been watching and about how they're trained and how they have to get what they have to get through. And, and if you don't know the, the process, of course, it's rigorous, it's unbelievably difficult. But if you've had enough, you know, the way you exit is you go and you ring the bell and you say, I'm done. Gail told me that he said, Bill, I'm so close to ringing the bell. I don't know if I can keep going. But he said, and this is his words, he said, Bill, Jesus didn't go ring the bell. He went all the way for me. And if he did that for me, I'll keep going for him. Gail had a canopy stretched over all of his life and his suffering and his struggle that enabled him to say, if I'm a child of the resurrection, if Jesus defeated death and was raised for me, then I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to struggle. I'm going to go on with all my realities, my penultimate realities, one of which was horrible pain. And I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to give up because this cancer doesn't get the last word in my life. It's a real word. It's a tough word. It's a It's a hard word. It's a horrible word, but it doesn't get the last say. The last say is the resurrection when all will be made right. That vision that we heard from Job. Let me tell you, 
If we let any of the penultimate things in our story and in our life have ultimate place, we will be sorely disappointed. But thanks be to God, we have this canopy. We have the shadow of the resurrection. May it be so for you. Amen. We're going to sing I Know My Redeemer Lives and sing it with gusto.
As children of the resurrection, together we confess our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As we come before God now with our prayers, I wanted to announce that Virginia Olson died this past Monday. Be watching your email. There will be a viewing at Miller Woodlawn this week, and we'll let you know details about that. Knowing the one in whom we trust in, and through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. God, you have made us children of the resurrection. We know that our Redeemer lives. Thank you for this new life in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Lord, in your mercy. Bring out in us, Lord, this new life so that we may share with others near and far through our words and actions, through our love and understanding, the magnitude, the infinity of your love and grace. Lord, in your mercy. Be with the grieving, Lord, those who have lost recently and those who continue to mourn. Grief is hard, Lord. Grief is long. Send your spirit to walk with those who grieve. Lord, in your mercy. Be with the caregivers. Walk with them in decision-making and hard choices. Bring them patience. Hold them up when things are difficult. Send others to listen and help them process. Lord, in your mercy. Today, Lord, we honor our veterans. We thank you for their personal sacrifices and for the sacrifices that their families made. We ask for peace on earth, Lord, so that all may come home and be made whole. Lord, in your mercy. God, we also pray for Lucille Lampe, who is nearing the end of her life, and we pray for her family and all who watch and wait with her. We ask for comfort for the family of Virginia Olson, and we continue to pray for healing for Kelsey Crane, Darlene Gillis, and George Gillis, and Peggy Grigg. We lift to you all we know and love who battle cancer. We pray that you would... Help them and be with them. Priscilla, Elizabeth, Angela, Gary, Dave, Jim, Ron, Kathy, and Carol. We ask you to protect and bless our deployed military and give strength and peace to their families here at home. We pray for Jillian, Bradley, Aaron, Rebecca, Eric, Megan, Jared, Andrew, and David. We pray for all on our continued prayer list and those we name before you now. Amanda. Into your hands, Lord, we trust all for whom we pray, knowing that you hear us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Greet one another with God's peace.
taking time to share the peace with one another. Don't forget to send this friendship pad down the line. Of course, our weekly announcements are always in this beacon, and we encourage you to please read. Lots going on, lots coming up for the holidays. You can sign up for all kinds of things using this ministry card. Uh, the really big thing I want to highlight today is that next week is the annual meeting. So you'll hear about the vision for Silverdale Lutheran Church. Vote on the budget. You can get reports out there or go online and read the report that has lots of pictures in it. Encourage you to do that. So um, also, of course, it is Veterans Day, and we love to thank our veterans. So what I'm going to do is have the different branches um, stand up, and then we will thank you at the end, and you can just kind of join each other. So... Um, Army veterans, would you please stand? All right, Army, thank you. Coast Guard. All right, Marines. Air Force. Navy. <laughs> All right, we thank you for your service. I would like to have the family members of veterans please stand so we can thank you for your service as well. <laughs> we continue our worship with the offering.
Let us pray, God of mercy and grace. with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right, it is our duty and our joy that all the time and everywhere we would give thanks and praise to you, Almighty God, through our Savior Jesus, who on this day overcame death in the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to each of us the way of everlasting life. So we join with the choirs of angels, with your church throughout this earth, and with the hosts of heaven to praise your name and sing their unending As we gather around the table, we remember that night that Jesus was betrayed. How he took a loaf of bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his friends, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. It is given for you. Do this to remember me. Again, after supper, he took a cup. He gave thanks, and he gave it for them to drink. And he said, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. It is shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of your sin. Whenever you drink of it, remember me. Let us pray as he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. These are God's gifts for you. Kamal is ready.
May the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. God of abundance, with this bread of life and cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ, making us one with all your people. Now send us forth in the power of your spirit that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. We are grace-filled. Go in peace and serve the Lord.